A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for this one. And the man in the hot seat this week, nervously sweating as he awaits my Paxman-style grilling, it's Tony Kerr. Hello. Yeah, it's warming up already in here. I know, we've just shut the window. Just we've sh- got into lockdown. The, the ritual shutting of the windows to uh, keep out the noise of the traffic and the fans outside <laughs> immediately. It's starting to heat up in here. So by the time we get to the end of this episode, we could be saying anything. <laughs> Who knows? It is like, if you remember... Did you ever used to watch Nickelodeon? Uh, not as have... much as you. You were, like, weirdly obsessed with Keenan and Kel and things like yeah. that. Yeah. But, they, you know, they had the studio with the... It was on the street and people could just go and sort of yeah. dance around like idiots outside or just peer in. It was kind of... I don't know. They don't do that anymore. Are there any TV shows that have that now? It seems high risk to me. Isn't um, Good Morning America, which is a TV show in America, I think they do that as well. That's from a height, though, isn't it? I think. Okay. Yeah, anyway, it's, it's just fascinating today. stuff, yeah, it's, isn't it? It's great. It's top band. Uh, <laughs> oh, just when you said, yeah, all the fans out there, I thought, yeah. It is very much a sort of Good Morning America vibe <laughs> that we've got here as well. We'll have someone on to do the weather in a minute. How's it going anyway, Tone? Yeah, it's all right, thanks. Obviously... Yeah, we are at we're at your gaff again uh, to record this one. It's a, it's a nice little room we've got in here. As we said before, it's it's essentially a large walk-in closet. There's a lot of clothes in here. Yeah, an ironing board um, and the little podcast studio as well. That's true. It's perfect. But from the window, you can see across the building, across the street, and it's it's some kind of office. What did you say? It was RBS or something? Yeah. I just sort of feel because we're recording this in the middle of the day. It's the middle of a Wednesday, and I was just looking across, and they're clearly having you know sort of high-powered meetings and generating wealth and we're just over here doing a podcast and why not yeah <laughs> and why not that's it just we're just contributing culturally <laughs> we, to the world rather than sort of to the the gdp if anything you can't put a price on whatever it is we do <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> we've tried oh yeah you're right then are you what do you want to talk about at the top of the show here this section of my notes just says hilarious banter so uh what what do you want to what do you want to discuss uh, I don't know what's happened. I think it's funny happened. More Nickelodeon chat, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Moesha, do you remember that? Moesha, yeah. Sister, sister. <laughs> that, was, that was a favourite. SpongeBob SquarePants. That was a bit nah. after our time, wasn't, wasn't it? Wasn't so much into cartoons. No. Yeah. Bit childish. Bit right? childish. Yeah. You were more into like Clarissa and. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That was <laughs> the sort of teen, teens that heartbreak high for the uh, the Aussie listeners. That was a favourite of mine. Also, it was really, sorry, I need to carry on. I was going to go into when it was it was uh, yeah, sort of syndicated on I think Channel Five or might be BBC Two <laughs> a few years ago. Anyway, there we go. Those it, were the days. We should probably stop talking about Nickelodeon. Yeah, you've, you've been talking about it for fifty-five minutes. I'll probably cut it down a bit. But yeah, I, I do want to talk about cricket as well because there's a lot of cricket to talk about today. Uh, yeah, we've had two Test matches in England since we last recorded an episode. Most recently. The day-night test at Edgebaston. So, uh, I mean, not the greatest test match in history, maybe, but plenty of talking points to come out of it. We'll probably find some other stuff to talk about as well. I've got a few bones to pick with you right. regarding your recent movements, regarding your social media brand particularly. So, yeah, lots to get on with. Shall we get on with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you mid-burp there. Which, <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I've just been wolfing down some feed. Well. Just getting your Water. energy levels up. Yeah, yes. hydrating. Yeah. Uh, no, that's been a lot of cricket, hasn't it? We went to we went to the Chinese restaurant last night, didn't we? We've talked about this. I'm the, trying to get onto the cricket on the show on the show before uh, the Chinese restaurant that we regularly go to. Yeah, 
that just reminded me of, of when, was it for your birthday or sometime recently when we went and uh, at the end of the night, having had way too much food, the proprietor of the restaurant came over and brought us some shots on the house. Shots of, I don't know what it was, <laughs> yeah. lychee vodka or something. No, it's like stronger than that. You were struggling already with the amount of, of food and alcohol that you'd consumed. And you downed that shot and went, oh, that's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, it is, it's a, you know, it's a ritual, isn't it, after the meal, a couple of shots, uh, but given the amount we sort of tend to put away food-wise, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of high risk, could go either way, uh, but yeah. The probably, food consumption is much more of a problem than the alcohol consumption, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just, you're, you're sort of pouring petrol on the flames, really, with, a, <laughs> with you know, if you're shotting tequila uh, off the back of a substantial feast... This is the restaurant where that same owner was taking our order once and what seemed like halfway through just slammed his notebook shut and went, that's enough, guys. That's (laughs) enough food. This is the owner of the restaurant was like, I'm not taking any more orders from you. (laughs) That's way too much. Anyway, shall we talk about cricket? Yeah. As you might remember, Tone, if you cast your mind back to the top of the show, you might remember that I mentioned that there have been two test matches in England since we last recorded one of these. I'm sure many of you listening will be on tenterhooks, you know, not desperate to know what happened in those games. The World Cricket Show is the only source of cricket news for many people. And other news as well, maybe, not just cricket. We've, you know, yeah. we've, I think we've got a lot of Donald Trump stuff to catch up, catch up on later on as well, haven't we? Uh, but yeah, two test matches. England won both. They've won three tests in a row now. Victory over South Africa at Old Trafford to seal a 3-1 series win. And then they followed that up with an absolutely enormous victory over the West Indies at Edgbaston in the first ever day-night test played on English soil. Do you want me to run through the game for you, take you through it? Both of them. Ball by ball, ball, by ball on both. No, I was just going to go through the West Indies game. We can we can incorporate yeah, some chat like about it. the South Africa one as Weave well. Weave it into the narrative. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Stitch it in in a way that listeners won't even realise that we've talked about it, <laughs> but we have. Um, but yeah, no, the, the day-night game... Uh, England won the toss, batted first, racked up a huge score, massive partnership between Cook and Root. Root with a 100, 136. Alistair Cook with a mammoth 243. Uh, England declared on 514 for eight. You always felt that was going to be, you know, that was going to put West Indies well out of the game and they they really uh, showed very little resistance. They were bowled out for 168 on the third day. And then they were bowled out again on the third day for 137. Yeah, losing 19 of their 20 wickets on the third day. Uh, wickets spread around. Anderson got some. Broad got some. And in the process, uh, broke a record, which we might talk about later. Um, but yeah, to wrap up a massive win for England by an innings and 209 runs. So yeah, a, a few a few talking points to get stuck into today. Should we start with the day-night stuff? As I mentioned, this was the... The first day-night test to be played in England, only the fifth ever. We've had three previous ones in Australia, one in Dubai. Got three more coming up over the next nine months, two of which involve England. What did you think? What's your verdict? Did you, <laughs> did you think it worked? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is hard to, to gauge, you know, from an England English perspective, gauge too much off this test match. And, you know, we'll come on to it just purely because it wasn't much of a... The spectacle was it? There wasn't much. Uh, there were many thrills there. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed because I got the boat back from Jersey on Friday night, and it's absolutely perfect timing. I was going to. Uh, it was a two-hour boat ride. I was going to watch the last session on uh, on the boat with a you know lasagna or something, whatever's in the canteen, and then it was rained off, wasn't it? So uh, <laughs> that was really annoying for me because that was going to be a perfect little a perfect little session. And but, that's the main headline to take out of the game. That is the main takeaway, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think lasagna. Yeah, fairy lasagna is very depressing. <laughs> it would have been quite quite bleak. That is a really depressing image that you've left me with there. Uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, I just had three pints of Heineken instead, <laughs> a couple of shots of lychee vodka. <laughs> Away we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it didn't exactly make. Well, it literally made from probably front page news, and it was all over the news ahead of the match. The pink ball the history that was being made uh you know all the main news bulletins all had a bit on it you know which is you know cricket will be pleased about but then cricket will be yeah afterwards i don't think you know i've heard many people stopping me in the street saying you know 
God, what about that? Wow, you're Tony Kerr from the World Cricket Show. <laughs> what, what did you make of the uh, pink ball test? So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it wasn't a failure. It wasn't, uh, you know, an astonishing success. Uh, it, I kind of think it was it was kind of what we expected. And, you know, it, potentially for the time being, should be sort of one one test a summer. Mm. Maybe maybe one test a series. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's it. We can't really draw conclusions either way from that because, yeah, they well, they got a bit unlucky, I suppose, in the sense that the first one ever just turned out to be not a great game. I suppose, it, yeah, they they might have predicted that given the opponents, but yeah, it, it just wasn't a very good game. They got a bit unlucky with the weather as well. You'd have thought in August you might have some nice weather, but it wasn't great, as you say, a lot of rain on that second day, but just generally was pre-freezing. I mean, I think, yeah. Obviously, sort of seeing people under blankets and duvets and stuff in the crowd, and and people saying, "Oh, you know, this isn't what people would have been expecting," which is true to an extent. But equally, like people in England are used to that, all that kind of open air theatre stuff that people go to. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like blankets in, are the bedrock yeah, of the summer, aren't they? That, that is, you know, you, you snuggle up under the doona. Um, <laughs> that, that is, you do expect that, don't you? Um, but yes, you, we can't really judge it either way but I, I I did like it I have to say I mean we've talked about it you know the, we talked about the idea of day night test cricket several times on the show over the years both before it happened and after it happened I think before it happened like I kind of I was a bit undecided about it I you know could see that there were reasons to do it but equally there would be problems with it um but I think and correct me if I'm wrong but I think we both concluded that it was worth giving it a go I think since the games in Australia, we you know we felt that was a relatively encouraging start, and it was definitely worth pursuing. But yeah, so so notwithstanding the weather and the fact that this wasn't a particularly great game, I I think this was relatively encouraging as well. Like I I did like it. It's obviously not going to solve all of Test cricket's problems, is it? I mean, I don't think anyone really claimed that it would. I don't think anyone was sort of saying it was going to be some kind of silver bullet that would make everything better. It's it's certainly not the case that this by itself is going to suddenly you know halt the decline in viewing figures or get people through the turnstiles on the subcontinent or add context or you know in any way alleviate the the pressure on test cricket from all the different things from franchise cricket and everything else but it could help it could help in some ways i mean it it's not test cricket's only problem by any means but it surely doesn't help it's really not beneficial that it's it's on almost exclusively at times when people are least able to sit down and watch it. I mean, both live at the ground and on TV. Like, going to a test match for a, for a sport that takes five days, inevitably several of those days are going to be on, you know, during work days. So that's tricky. But also for people watching at home. I mean, for me, just from a very selfish point of view, day-night cricket is great, isn't it? And we've talked about in the past, you know, Caribbean tours. The Caribbean tour is one of my, is probably my favourite tour. If only because the time zone is so good and you can come in from work and watch it all night and your girlfriend really enjoys that. <laughs> but but yeah, and not just because of work, but you know, even at the weekend I've gotta, you know, gotta get down the supermarket or whatever, you know, run run my errands. So it's it's good it's good, isn't it? Like there's a reason why brand new TV shows, you know, a new episode of The Simpsons or whatever, whatever the big TV show is, Malcolm in the Middle, whatever it is. The new episodes are not put on at three in the afternoon on a Thursday, are they? Like, there's such a thing as prime time, and it, it it makes sense to me to try and put Test cricket on in prime time if you can. So yeah, purely on that basis, I think it makes sense. Obviously, there are problems with things like the pink ball, uh, which didn't misbehave too much in this game, did it? But it was it was you know it, it's the jury's still out a little bit, but. I definitely think it's worth giving it a go. Maybe not necessary in England. Like they probably would have sold this game out anyway. But yeah. why not? I guess would be my final point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't. Reading some of the comments from uh, from some people, you know, the suggestion perhaps is that you know it won't it won't be pursued so vigorously uh, in England. But I, I don't really see the issue with it. I think you know, one a summer would be would be. I'd be happy with that. Whether that'll happen remains to be seen. Well, this one they sort of said, well, this is like a this is a, a warm up for England yeah. before you know give them some exposure to day night test cricket before they have to play one in Australia. It obviously hasn't been like a a runaway success commercially. I mean, they sold it out, but they possibly would have sold it out anyway. But it, people didn't come out of it like, oh, brilliant, what a huge success. So whether or not they'll do it again, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm all for it. Certainly, again, from a selfish point of view. 
I, I mean, think it works thing. quite well. It is it is that selfish TV audience kind of thing for those. If you can't get to the test match, if you can, you'd probably rather it be in the day when you mm. can sit in the sunshine, or hopefully sit in the sunshine, rather than in the uh, in the cold. But there, we, yeah, and there public transport's a bit easier. But then, like, it's obviously massively important to get people in the ground, like, if for no other reason than to provide the spectacle for TV. But the viewing audience at home is or at least should be much bigger than the viewing audience in the ground. So in a way, you do have to cater to the TV audience above anything else. Yeah, do it again. Give it another go. Yeah, roll the dice. Yeah, they were a bit unlucky. I keep saying they were a bit unlucky that it, it you know, they, it wasn't a great test match. In the main, it wasn't a great test match because it was a pretty hopeless mismatch. West Indies were terrible, really, weren't they? Essentially getting bowled out twice in one day. There's been a lot of talk about how sad it is, you know, how, what a sad sight it is to see West Indies reduced to a pale shadow like this. Do you think that's fair, that talk? I mean, it's the kind of talk we've heard on the last few tours, and in the past I felt that it might be a little bit overblown. But on the evidence of this performance, is it is it hard to disagree this time? Well, it's yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't really much to enjoy uh, about it. There was, it was, you know... Lots of words have been thrown around, but it was extremely lacklustre, wasn't mm. it? And you know, and it, it, they are a, a completely crippled second team that isn't equipped really to to, to be a test side. So you mm. know, you can't really, you maybe can't be too down on the, the players themselves. Oh no, no. Uh, yeah. but the, just the situation is the situation is a bit sad. Uh, I mean, I think you can you can go overboard. Like it might still be a little bit overblown in the sense that. This is only one game. It was absolutely terrible, but it is only one game. The previous time England played West Indies in a Test match, West Indies won in Barbados two and a bit years ago. England are a much better team now than they were then. West Indies not as good a team now as they were then. But yeah, they you know the, the last Test series between these sides was finished as a draw. West Indies came reasonably close to beating Pakistan a couple of months ago at home. So you can go too far on the basis of just this one game. Uh, and I'm not sure it helps. This has been the case on the last few tours as well, but I'm not sure it helps to just keep comparing these players to like Viv Richards and Malcolm yeah, Marshall. Yeah, not. No other Test Nation really goes through that. Like when Australia lost 3 0 in England in 2013, people weren't people weren't going like, oh, this is just desperately sad when you think about, you know, Richie Benno. And <laughs> like, it's just like it, it's not very helpful. But it is, as you say, it is. It's difficult to feel too optimistic about the West Indies as a test force at the moment, isn't it? I mean, player for player, this must be one of the weakest sides ever to tour England. At least, you know, maybe discounting Bangladesh ten years ago and 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 Zimbabwe. It, it, it yeah, there can't have been many weaker teams just in terms of personnel. I, I'm not sure there's anyone in that team that you'd be worried about, really. Is there? No, and you know, I think the thing with the West Indies at the moment is they don't seem to be getting any better. It's not. There's not really much hope. It's not like yeah. they've got a a young, talented side which just needs a bit of time to bed in, and you know has the you know and, and has a stable kind of future ahead of it. It's sort of yeah, it's a team of not that young players who just haven't got a huge amount of experience and yeah are of a middling ability. Just- well, some of them are quite young. I mean, Alzari Joseph is possibly someone with a future. He at least bowls fast. I mean, that's that. Watching Jason hold the ball is quite sad, I think, because he's, he's almost like... I mean, he's, he, he's a decent player, isn't he? he? had a bad game here, but he's a decent player. But he's almost like a personification of West Indies' struggles in that, even as the captain, you sort of look at him and he's he should be much better than he is. He's like a giant fast bowler, but he actually bowls kind of powder puff, medium pace, doesn't he? Um, but Al- Alzari Joseph actually does bowl fast and like West Indies won the under-19 World Cup what was that last year yeah. there's clearly a lot of talent in the Caribbean there's a big problem like something that you'd think they ought to be able to address it shouldn't be that difficult to address is that one of the major problems for West Indies and the reason that they're struggling to bring young players through is just the pitches in the Caribbean are terrible and you see this whenever test matches are played there now they're just so slow and flat and there's nothing in them at all and that didn't used to be the case. It used to be a fast bowler's paradise, and it's it's a real shame. And that, that but that seems that's something that you'd think they could sort out. But there is talent in the Caribbean, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, it's just, just... The, the, most of the talent isn't in the side, isn't it? And there was a, I don't know if you read the article uh, by Tim Wigmore. Uh, he's sort of just talking about friend of the show. Yeah, Tim he's Wigmore. talking about uh, 
yeah, the the sort of the the issues with Test cricket, particularly. Uh, well, the headline is England can't ignore the role English authorities have played in killing Test cricket's competitiveness. And uh, there's sort of two aspects to the, the sort of point he's making. You know, I think that the sort of context side of things, I'm actually slightly less enthusiastic about these days. I actually don't think your post context. Post context now. <laughs> no, I, I thought you invented the word context. Well, I you? did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then it got it became mainstream. So and I've gone off it. No, no. I think there is there there is possibly a need for more context in some parts of cricket but I don't I don't actually think test cricket necessarily on reflection needs a huge amount more context but I do agree the flip side of that is it does need you know all, all test cricket sides should be competitive every test series series should be competitive uh, and it may maybe sort of you know cricket test cricket should be like a sort of a, a good boxing in that you know you, you've you, you get teams that sort of build a build, and then they cl- you know they they clash, and then that's an exciting moment. That's sort of all the context you need. You know, you do you you get enough out of that. Yeah, I, uh, I, I do agree with that to a large extent. Like I'm, I'd be behind some kind of two division or two conference structure concept, but it didn't. Like Test cricket has been like this. Like it was the same in the eighties and the nineties and the noughties when it was brilliant and no, like no one then was like, oh, where's the context? Like, yeah, it, it has a context of its own, but you just need to organize it better and not have endless India v Sri Lanka yeah, exactly. series that don't, yeah. you know, have much less of it and develops each series can develop some context of its own. But it, yeah, I, I'm not sure introducing, as we've talked about, like introducing a, a nine team league where teams just play each other like in one off tests you know, home or away, it really does what you want it to. Yeah, do. and yes. you know, and, and Tim says in the piece that you know, that at the moment, there's no incentive for cricket fans to watch other teams play. Mm. And I, I don't necessarily think if there was a nine-team league, why watching, say, sixth place Pakistan or whatever play seventh place, I don't know, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka you know, that would make me watch it any more mm-hmm. than it, it does now. But the flip, the other sort of aspect to the to the point he's making, I, I wholeheartedly agree with, and that's you know just that something does need to be done, yeah, to to give all the Test nations an equal chance mm. and give uh, and you know and create a situation where every Test team or every team, every nation has got its best players and its best team out for Test matches, which obviously isn't the case at the moment. Well, that's and money is a big part yeah. of that. Money is a huge part of that. Again, having much less of it might help. I mean, and trying to plan things more sensibly so you're not... West Indies aren't touring England at this time when the Caribbean Premier League is on. I mean, it's very difficult because there's just going to be more and more of these T20 leagues and you've got to have Test cricket at some point if you can have it. But um, but yeah, it's, like, it's crazy that the most talented players in the Caribbean are having to choose between playing in the Caribbean Premier League for a lot more money or playing this test series. Like, there's only ever going to be one winner there. And that's the thing, because, yeah, I say there is talent in the Caribbean and, like, this this current Western East team, you wouldn't be worried really about any of those players. If You know, I spend a lot of time at night, as you know, drawing up composite 11s in my head. And if you draw up a composite 11 of this team and the England team, like, maybe one or two Western East players get in it at most. But actually, if you just do a kind of... Uh, a freestyle one of like any <laughs> any eligible West Indies players. That's when you yeah a couple of beers on a Friday night <laughs> just go go wild. A few lychee vodka shots down, and I start thinking, oh hello, <laughs> um, yeah. Then it suddenly gets much more interesting, and Chris Gale's in there, and Dwayne Bravo, and uh, now we're cooking. Suddenly on the right, you know. So there is talent in the Caribbean, and actually, if you like, if if they were playing. Test match cricket, it would also help the younger players and the less experienced players as well because you'd have that core of senior players to help them develop. Um, yeah, no, but, and exactly. And, and for, for young people, you know, they want to be where the party is, and the party is where your big names are. Your, if it's if the test test cricket seemingly to someone getting into the sport isn't attractive to the big names from you know from your country, mm. then why would you? You know, where's your motivation to to get involved? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so I, yeah, I don't know that that context is everything, but one one aspect of the changes to Test cricket that might well help is more Test teams should help. Like, it should help more generally in that, like, 
like if new teams come through, they can replace the West Indies if necessary, like that. Because the problem for Test cricket at the moment is that if the West Indies disappear, there's no one to replace them, so it just makes everybody worse off. But equally, it could help West Indies as well because they can play Test cricket against Afghanistan and Ireland and maybe some other teams as well. That would be more of a contest, more of a, a level playing field for them. Their players can get some experience, get some confidence. You know, it, it seems to make a lot of sense for the lower ranked teams. Yeah, as well. although for the West Indies, though, their, their aim surely has got to be to get back towards the top of the game. Oh, of course, that's yeah, a long but, journey at this point. No, absolutely. But I'm saying that should help them mm. get back towards the top of the game because what are they getting out of this tour, really? I mean, again, it is only one game, and they might turn up and be much better at Lords. But you know, you wouldn't bet a lot of money on that no. being the case, and. I don't know that if they turn up again and England score 500 and then they get bowled out twice for under 200, what are these players actually getting out of this experience? It, yeah, would, exactly. it would be better for them to be uh, playing a competitive game against Ireland or something. But I mean, yeah, you know, the Ashes is never going to be an issue, is it? There's no, as we've said before, you know, English cricket and Australian cricket well, and India, you know, it's it's a it's a different ball game almost. But there's no point in. England putting on a test series that they're going to uh, see matches like this one played because you know who's going to who's going to turn up next time next time West Indies come unless there's something complete you know there's a bit of a turnaround and West Indies suddenly look good you know would you go would you pay ninety mm. pounds or whatever it is no. to, to go and watch a test match so either so what happens then either England stop inviting them and it's just Australia and India on on a sort of alternate summer basis in South Africa every few years really you know you want the variety don't you with the scarcity of the big contests absolutely yeah there's work to do but I, I think you know and, and as, just to come back to, to this article by Tim Wigmore just you, you know the, the butt or the ball is in England, England or the ECB's court to be proactive and, and, and sort something out yeah but because, whether they will be you know they're obviously they've got their heads right tucked into this new T20 competition so yeah. They're probably not even thinking about Tesco. Because I guess one of the points Tim is making is that the struggles of West Indies and, and other and other of the, the lower ranked teams financially are directly caused by the ECB and the BCCI and the Cricket Australia to an extent with that big three model. And, you know, that was all about just making as much money as they can for themselves and screw the rest, really. You know, the ECB do have a responsibility to look after the other boards, if only because England needs some decent opposition. Speaking of which, I mean, yeah, just talking about England on the field, obviously they weren't really pushed here. Difficult to make sweeping conclusions about anyone really off, off the back of this game, but tremendous 100 from Alistair Cook. Uh, his 31st 100, his fourth double 100. Uh, yeah, not the best bowling attack he's ever scored a 100 against, or even a double 100 against, but, but just in terms of concentration... You can't knock him really, yeah, but batted for, for 10 hours. Some good bowling from Anderson and, and Broad, and we'll, we'll come on to Broad in a bit, but again, not the most difficult task they've ever faced, perhaps. Beyond that, not a great deal to say about the England lineup. They only They only batted once, so we didn't get to see much of Wesley or, or Stoneman. Yeah, Stoneman on debut uh, got a really good ball from Kamar Roach. Remains to be seen how he'll get on, but do you think it was the right call to, to drop Jennings at least? Had, Another poor test for him in that fourth fourth game against South Africa. You know, has he been given enough enough of a look now? Time time for someone else. The another cab off the rank. <laughs> yeah, it's a really tricky one. I think England are in a slightly tricky situation because they're not going to learn a lot from this mm. series, are they? As we know now, and there's not a lot of time left to to make the sort of final decisions for the Ashes. So, yeah, I think it probably was the right decision to. Yeah, to give Jennings a break because it's a shame because obviously he started so well and everyone was like, "Well, there we go, Jennings is <laughs> yeah. Jennings is our man." Like he is, uh, it's, it's sorted, nailed uh, on for the next ten years, exactly. And now you know that I don't necessarily think a huge amount has been learned this summer so far. I don't think anyone, any of the players who have come in have nailed down anything. No, and it is difficult because again, we, you know, we've talked about the slightly weird selection decisions that have been made. And how much have we learned about any of them? Not a huge amount. How much more are we going to learn before the end of this series? Not a huge amount. Then the next test is the Ashes, as you say. So, you know, do you think that the first Ashes test, the lineup will include Stoneman, Wesley, Milan, Roland Jones? 
I don't, I, well, it, 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 it may well have to. Yeah, it yeah, may well be. You'd think it will have to, but that yeah. seems slightly weird. Nothing against, well, Stoneman, let's see how he gets on. Wesley looks a good player. Roland Jones has done really well. But is that England's best team? I'm not sure it is. Who, who would you have in there? Uh, Ramp Prakash, I think, has uh, <laughs> got a good chance. No, no, I, Milan is the one. He actually scored a, a half century in this game and batted quite well. But t- is he the best option for England at number five? I, I'm not convinced. But, but yeah, then, but then yeah, your other options presumably are to to bring back balance. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm lobbying very <laughs> yeah. hard for. Uh, or you know, you're going for players. Yeah, you know, you're, you're calling up players. Yeah, you know, of similar stature, similar standing, and sort of giving them a go. Yeah, well, it is difficult, and and uh, in terms of the uh, the opener slot as well, Cook's opening partner. I mean, it's five years now since Strauss retired, and still no one's nailed down a place, have they? Well, how many guys have been given a game now? Nine, ten. I mean, at some point they'll have to stick with someone. Presumably, this cut like, or maybe it will just go on forever. In twenty fifty, Alistair Cook will still be still be opening up with a a, a new partner. <laughs> yeah. If they're going to go back to anybody, for me, I'd say they could go back to Alex Hales, who, you know, and if, probably if you go back to last summer, you'll hear me ranting about how Hales needs to be dropped. But he has got runs in the county championship this season, albeit in Division 2. He scored a double hundred the other day. He averaged less than 30 in the, uh, was it, 11 tests, I think, that he had last year. But unlike some of the other guys who have been tried, you know, Adam Lyth, Sam Robson, he, he didn't have... It wasn't that his technique was exposed. He didn't have like an obvious flaw that was shown up. He just kept finding ways to get out. And maybe if he's in form, I, I wouldn't mind him getting another go. It does have a whiff of Gary Balance about it <laughs> in terms of like just going back to guys who have failed before. And we should see how Stoneman gets on first, absolutely. But if a guy is in really good form and he's obviously international class, he's you know first choice in limited loaders cricket, I wouldn't mind him being given another go. Something that got a lot of attention during the game, possibly because there was so little else to talk about on the field, uh, was Stuart Broad overtaking Ian Botham to go second on the list of England's leading wicket-takers. Did you hear about this, Tone? Yeah, I caught wind of this. As we've discussed, whenever Jimmy Anderson goes past one of these milestones, I do tend to think that too much is made of this kind of thing. But one thing that is quite cool... But, here we go, 20 minutes on this... (laughs) is that uh, this is the first time since the early 1960s that England's two leading wicket-takers in Test cricket have been playing together, have have been playing in the same game. Brian Statham and Fred Truman uh, were the last two in in the 60s, now Anderson and Broad. I mean, that's quite noteworthy, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, they have been an unbelievably consistent force for England, haven't they, for 15 years. It, it, yeah, it, the, they are these special times. We? We've been in special times, but yeah, fair play to Broad. He's sort of he, he, he very streaky at times, but yeah, he, the numbers suggest that he uh, yeah he's, he has been top class. He's been yeah, yeah. He's, he's been at the top of his game, and it, it's it is almost it's strange, isn't it? Because probably they almost don't get the credit that you know Anderson for quite a long time now. People have been sort of saying like you know Izzy sort of constantly gets questioned, uh, but he's only eight wickets short of five hundred now. Only two other fast bowlers have have got five hundred Test wickets, haven't they? McGrath and Walsh. Which uh, yeah, and when you think about that company, uh, you know that is pretty astonishing. Yes, although I mean. They do, brilliant though they are, and they are brilliant, they do both benefit from the fact that they're playing in this era, don't they? And the same is true for Alistair Cook as well. Like They're, they're playing in an era where more test cricket is, is played, and specifically England playing more test cricket than at any other time in history. I mean, they, they're, they're just playing so many more matches than people like Fred Truman and Brian Statham 50 years ago. Broad's already played five more tests than Ian Botham did. Uh, he's played 40 more tests than Fred Truman did. So, I mean, tr- he, he has, what, sort of 80 more wickets than Truman. But, like, if if Tru- like Truman's average is fully eight runs lower than Broad. So you'd think if he'd played as many tests as Broad, if he'd played 107 tests, he'd have a lot more wickets than Broad does. So, like, purely by virtue of playing so many games, if you play that many games, you're going to take a lot of wickets, aren't you? Then it works the other way around, where if you keep taking that many wickets, you'll play a lot of games. Yeah, true. But, you know, they do benefit from the fact... like. It, yeah, amazing longevity in a sense, but actually, in terms of time, like Truman's career was longer than Broad's. At the moment, it's three years longer than Strip Broad's career. 
he just played 40 fewer tests in in those in that time. But actually, you know, given the concerns about Test cricket's future, it could be that far less Test cricket is played in future. These records, you know, Anderson and Broad's records might never be broken. So this could be the the golden era to yeah. to be a bowler for. And it is interesting, isn't it, when you you talk about our previous or referring back to a, the previous conversation, talk about Test cricket being in a sort of not cri- maybe crisis or mm. certainly doing a lot of soul searching under pressure. You know, Test cricket is throwing or cricket is throwing a lot of mud at the wall, a lot of Test cricket mud at the wall, isn't it? Because just by virtue of the fact the amount of Test cricket that's played, particularly for England, so it's, it's, yeah, it's not like. Not like it's gone the other way. There's less Test cricket being played than before, and people are sort of wondering where the enthusiasm is. You know, there is obviously an enthusiasm for England. You used the word streaky to describe Broad, and I thought that was an interesting choice of word because he he does go on streaks, doesn't he? He like his his career. He's been inconsistent at times across his career, hasn't he? But when he gets on a roll, he has these amazing, even more than Anderson. Like Anderson's been incredibly consistent, but probably harder to remember like individual matches or as many individual matches where you thought yeah Anderson won the game there whereas broad like there are the broad moments aren't they like Sky Sports replay them every day at like 10 in the morning don't they yeah. uh, you know the 8 for 15 and the performance in South Africa well, he's won several tests uh, on his own in South Africa and won several Ashes series on his own and he has these kind of unbelievable moments doesn't he but yeah so he's now he's now gone past both and did you see the moment when he when he took that wicket to put him past both and they they hauled beefy out of the out of a back room and stuck him on commentary uh, and it did make me laugh because they said um uh I, I think it was hussein said uh, oh you must have uh you played of course with his with his father chris broad uh back in the day so you must have uh you must have seen young Stuart back when he was a kid what, what, what were your memories of him and both of them went oh yeah 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 he used to run around uh, but anyway I just think it's uh, an amazing achievement <laughs> clearly had no memory of him yeah at all. yeah, yeah he, he used to run around he was a child wasn't he, he was, <laughs> yeah he's got to be more than 15 years old yeah he did run around yeah all right so well yeah the the second test in this series starts on Friday what do you think I mean presumably it's just going to be more of the same yeah, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't get too excited if I was a West Indian fan. Yeah. <laughs> no more, no more to add on that. That was succinct. Let's just see what the. Uh... It shows how uh, how big a challenge it is for West Indies because you you do normally um and ah and panic whenever well, I, just I like, ask you, you know, to make a prediction. I like to make sure I've got the right prediction. I do like being quite right. But yeah, I mean, you it, also yeah. you didn't you you would. Reluctant to actually say the words England will win. It's a very politician's answer. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the odds, England are one point one. Tells you all you need to know, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to win, are they, Tim? Uh, I think I fancy them to win. This is my Paxman style. Not letting you'd you be, off the hook. You'd be disappointed if they didn't win. We'll be. I mean, we'll. It'd be quite a good pod to listen to. But did you threaten to overrule them? <laughs> Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Much like a solar eclipse, this episode of the World Cricket Show has been blindingly obvious, highly predictable, and ended up getting pretty dark. It's definitely time to bring it to an end. Did you see about this the other day, Tone? There was an eclipse in the Yeah. Earth. I, I messaged you about this. Then I, I was looking it up because I was like, oh, I remember the, the eclipse in 99. That was a great day. 
I love an eclipse me, I said to myself. I wonder when the next one is in the UK. Looked it up. 2090. Yeah, it's quite a long time away. It's an absolute joke, isn't it? We'll be 103 years old. And you know it'll be cloudy. Yeah, but there will be other eclipses, won't there? Well, I have discovered, actually. uh, I did some more research. There is a partial eclipse in the UK that will be a total eclipse in the Channel Islands. Wow. And that is in 2080. Oh, wow. Perfect. So, so, so it will be 93. Let's have a look. Well, what other ones are, are floating about? So I don't, I don't really understand it, to be honest. What, the eclipse? Well, I've just looked at the, this, this map of the next seven... It's just all over the place. Next seven eclipses. Yeah. I mean, is, So basically, the moon... What they are, they're right? really quite common, but just not that common in specific places. Mm, exactly. So, I mean, there's going to be another eclipse in America in 2024. I mean, that's, that's, that's not fair, is it? But also, that, why did everyone get so excited about it? Who so comes up with this? It's like test cricket scheduling. It makes yeah, no yeah. sense at all. Who comes up with this? There's a weird... The ICC in charge of this. I don't know if this is the right thing. There's, there seems to be a few of them. There's a couple of South America. There's one in, like, sort of Spain, northern Spain. Oh, we could get involved in 2026. that. 2026. Okay. Only nine years to wait. Yeah. Do you think we'll still be talking about... The future of Test Cricket? Almost certainly. Do you you think we'll still be talking about who Alistair Cook's opening partner should be? Almost certainly. I'm talking about in 2090. Well, anyway, yeah, that's pretty much the end of the show. Have you enjoyed yourself today? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, You wanted to talk about Afridi. Yeah, did you see his uh, his T2000? I did watch a two-minute highlights package of that. Yeah. It's his first T2000. Yeah, first ever. Yeah. Quite remarkable, already. I think his previous high score was 83. Okay. This was for uh, Hampshire in the blast yeah. against Derbyshire. Uh, and, it, you know, he, he's a player that a lot of people are very fond of. Uh, including you. Including me. Uh, yeah, it was it was great to see. Just watching some of the straight play, you know, it is, it's savage, kind of very flourishy heaves. I mean, he he, he was giving it some. And then he got out on 101. It, it was pretty amazing stroke play, and he he opened the batting, which I thought was great, and like quite quite bold from Hampshire to put him in opening. I mean, we've seen you know in later years, or actually for quite a long time, he's completely lost it as a batsman. Hasn't he? Yeah, he's been absolutely awful. Uh, so yeah, as you say, for quite a while yeah. as well. Not it's something of a punt to uh, stick him up the order to open, but it is brilliant. Like, it's a very enjoyable thing to see a 3D score 100. And it was a great. Uh, I don't know where, where do you know it was played? Uh, I presume it was at was it at Derbyshire. Great to see as well. You know the distances he was hitting the ball, and it's always cool when, obviously, you know, batsmen clearing the stands and the balls just sort of bouncing around the car park or yeah. you know, bouncing around off bits of uh, sort of scaffolding things. Always quite entertaining. It was. It was in Derby, for the record. FYI, for the benefit of the tape. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was very cool. Like, if people haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend checking it out on the BBC Sport website. If you're in the UK, there's a good just two minute highlights package, all the best shots. Yeah, it's uh, it's great because what was it? Was it? Have we said this? Was it 42 balls? Yeah, something like that. It was very rapid. His 50 was in. Like he actually slowed down a bit as well. His 50 was in 19 or something like that. Uh, yeah, got that. Also, uh, Australia in Bangladesh, aren't they? Mm. At the moment. They've sorted out the contracts issue, haven't they? So that'll be interesting as we as the, the ashes loom onto the horizon. It should be quite a good series, actually. Australia's struggles on the subcontinent, although they obviously did much better in India earlier in the year. Bangladesh are a good team now, as we know, and as England fans know, not easy to win in Bangladesh these days. And in fact, England didn't. I mean, so, uh, yeah, it's probably going to be a, a more entertaining series than we're getting in England at the moment. Definitely. So we'll be following it closely, I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, lots of cricket to look forward to over the next few weeks. We'll be back. When will we be back? When will we be back? A couple of weeks' time. A couple of weeks' time to talk about the remainder of this West Indies series and maybe, uh, yeah, maybe talk about that Australia-Bangladesh series as well. But what's going on with you, Tom? What have you been up to lately? I didn't see you for a couple of weeks. I had to, I had to go to Paris very suddenly, as you yeah. know. I presume all... Banter and socialising just kind of stops when I go away, does it? Yeah, just put a halt in it. Yeah, I don't know what I'd be doing, really. <laughs> uh, Eating lasagna in the canteen. Yeah, exactly. Literally ferrying around. <laughs> yeah, big uh, big match in local cricket this weekend, the Interinsula, uh, between Guernsey and Jersey, which has been played in Guernsey this year. Jersey, the reigning uh, champions. So that's going to be uh, good. I'll be down there at the KG5 on Saturday. 
to bring, bring you a little report from that next time. Uh, yeah, are you going to get down there? Uh, hopefully, yeah. It is my day off. I'll just uh, have to see if I've got anything better to do. Getting the excuses in. <laughs> no, it should be uh, it should be a cracker. No, I hopefully get down for some of it. That's that's definitive, isn't it? That is. That's a firm that's a commitment. Firm commitment. All right. Well, I think that's just about the end of the show. Before we go, let me tell you about how you can find us on social media. Actually, this is what I want to talk to you about before I forget. Something that happened while I was away. You got verified on Twitter. <laughs> this actually happened. You got a blue tick on Twitter. This is for people who don't use Twitter. This is basically... I would describe this as twi- Twitter officially recognising that you're a celebrity. Yeah, I know, that's a strong word, but, you know, <laughs> obviously officially recognising that... That you are really like needs. Yeah, exactly. There could be imposters. Yeah. I mean, there are, there's all these... There's all these parody Tony Clare yeah, accounts that you have to wade through. So it's like it's a relief to me to know that it's definitely you that I'm, uh, I'm all these years responding that you've been, to. Yeah. Talk me through that. How do you get a blue tick? I don't know. It just arrived. Just arrived. Did obviously, it really? Did it really just arrive? Be honest with me now. Did it just arrive, or did you have to lobby hard to get your blue uh, tick? I don't know. Maybe someone at work did it. I don't know. Yeah. That or sounds maybe, like a lie. Maybe it was. Uh, you know, I've just been making quite a few good points I, mean, I, tend to, I, don't, I don't really tweet very much but obviously when I do tweet yeah I've been making waves with, to my 1300 or so followers maybe someone at Twitter listens to this yeah, show could be and they've decided to verify you and not me or the podcast quite right <laughs> has your life changed since you got verified would you say yeah I've got a few people recognising me now <laughs> yeah. just you know now deciding that I'm worth their time I had a rumour. Does it? Does the app change when you're verified? Mm, don't think so. Okay, you have to. I have to have a look. I at think it. there is. A, no, I think. Well, I'm got my phone actually. There is a, uh, a tab for just verified notifications. Okay, so this is people, other people who are verified yeah. when they mention you. That okay. doesn't happen very often. Say, <laughs> so, <laughs> so like when uh, when Bieber tweets at you. Exactly. You see that it doesn't get lost and all the other. Yeah. That's useful, isn't it? Because yeah, I wouldn't want to miss that. Yeah. Well, it's a uh, it's a rarefied world you live in, Tone. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. It's been a privilege to be allowed to sit here with you for the last hour or so. Well, I don't usually yeah do anything now with unverified <laughs> people. So yeah, so I've made, made a special exception for you this week. Well, thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, well, if listeners want to uh, follow the verified, the official Tony Kerr on Twitter, they can do that where. At Tony Cover. The other thing is, I was going to change it, and then they sent me an email, and I looked. If you change your username, you just lose the, the tick. So, well, you don't want to lose the tick. Now I have to keep the, the username. Actually, that might explain it. Maybe it was a World Creature Show listener who was so upset at the thought of you having to change your Twitter handle that they made sure you got verified before that could happen. It was the only way they could do it. Ingenious. Very clever. I'm not verified, and I hardly ever tweet, but you can follow me at AdamBayford12, and you can follow the podcast. I do tweet from there slightly more often, and Tony retweets a lot of ITV Channel Sport stories, uh, at Cricket Show. We're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash cricket show. Send us an email, worldcricketshow at gmail.com. If you've got a spare few minutes, one thing that's really helpful is if you can write a review for us on iTunes uh, and leave a rating, uh, because that is, yeah, that's a great way of, of bringing new people to the show and pushing us up the rankings and all that kind of stuff. And if you'd like to support our little venture in a financial way, uh, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, when you're doing your regular Amazon shopping, go first of all to our website, which is cricketshow.net. Follow the link there. And then anything you buy doesn't cost you anything extra whatsoever, uh, but we get a little bit of a kickback. And if you'd like to support, to, to make a regular contribution to support us, uh, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash cricketshow. We've had some ideas for bonus content. So this is the other thing. If you make that regular donation, you, you'll, you'll have a warm glow of satisfaction knowing that you're helping us out. But it does also give you access to exclusive bonus content. Uh, <laughs> exclusive. There's not, Good use of the word. <laughs> there's, there's not been a lot of that up till now, but uh, we're going to start doing some. And yeah. That, that's a firm commitment as well. We have said this before, but we are going to do it. Well, we actually are from, from next time. We'll have to dress the room a bit. There you go, there's a hint. Yeah, exactly. Have to maybe move the ironing board out of the way. Yeah. All right, well, that's it. I think stay in school, everyone. Thanks for inviting me here, Tone. I've enjoyed Pleasure. myself. And I'll see you next time. Bye bye for now. Treat.
lucky smell you feel Shimai. And a bit of Shanghai crab meat dumplings. Just a couple of that sort of stuff. So well, do I need one dish? One? Yeah, it's only like four dumpling. The hagao is a prawn dumpling. The uh, mai is the uh, pork and prawn dumpling. Then we've got the crab meat uh, Shanghai. Which is... Oh, do you want the char siu buns? Yeah, is it? Can we get a little char siu bun? I might get in on the buns and stuff. Will you? Yeah. Well, we'll be for judge of that. You want again four, but four pork, five. Five pieces. <laughs> Nine pieces of pork. <laughs> 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 Don't really like the number. No, no, but the, uh, the pork buns. The pork buns, they're legendary. And then I need yeah. one chow. Chow siu bun. Chow siu bun. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning. Chow siu bun. It's only about ten years. No, no, no. Chow siu bun. Chow siu bun. Okay. I'm doing like four pieces. Probably going to want two each, aren't we? No. No. Just one of those. One each. Yeah, one each, okay. Right. Honestly, you'd be seeing those. Yeah, um, that, that's probably enough for me, I think. Close the book on that. Uh, yeah, but I haven't ordered a... I haven't ordered a thing. I haven't ordered, like, dim sum. <laughs> what do I want, Eddie? What else do I want? What, like, what do I need? Beef brisket's really good today as well. I know it's good all the time, but I've had some today. Beef brisket. Hot pot brisket. could be good. Hot pot's loving spicy, like, with the new... No, with the uh, bean sprouts on the, the rice. I might go beef hot pot, you know. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Mike's got one more in the middle. No, could I order Easter or something? Obviously, I think you did this last time. Oh god! A just a half crispy beef, so like a small crispy beef, not a big, just a small one. One ton We haven't got any prawns. but I've got prawn in the dim sum. Plain noodles, please. Plain noodles, yeah. And some egg fried rice. Okay, that's enough food. That sounds like so much food. That's fine. We don't need. Do you want prawns? I do want prawns. Add prawns. I'll get some prawns. Like? No, but I've got I've ordered so much we've ordered so much food. You've got the uh, Hagao Siumai, there's like two bites and one bite you yeah. just like one bite. How about each uh, I'm not I'm not a prawn eater. Too to no, satay. Satay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like prawn satay. Tasty? Nice. Satay, I love satay. Yeah. I love so much anyway. Not really. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should ask him that. What's the least favourite thing? Least favourite. Omelette. 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 Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 